You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, and Happy New Year, and welcome to Dear Multi-Hyphenate in 2021. I was very surprised because I wrote 2021 down on a piece of paper, and I didn't write 2020. I think that's how excited I was for it to be 2021. But we have to remember that, you know, 2020 is just a year. We But collectively, we all decided to sort of... <laughs> learn a lot but really take a good look in the mirror and and decide to change a lot or, or at least admit to needing change collectively as a society as artists and i'm so glad that we were able to have many of those conversations under multi-hyphenate in 2020 i read the reports at the end of the year and 12,000 over 12,000 of you downloaded this podcast and I am so beyond it, it makes me emotional it, I I am so beyond grateful and thankful for you sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a wall or I'm talking to Jafar and Ursula because paintings I painted of them during college are hanging up in front of me in my sound booth that I built <laughs> in my closet in my studio closet uh in response to the pandemic and um, I feel like they're the only ones listening sometimes, but it's but that's not true. Uh, 12,000 of you have downloaded. So please continue to download episodes, subscribe, like, follow, do all those magical things that really mean a lot in 2021 in the age of social media and reach out and, you know, I follow back. I do. I, I, I'm, it's more about building a community as opposed to gaining followers. I want us to all be on the journey together. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Dear Multi-Hyphenate family. I'm so incredibly honored. You know, I have a website, michaelkushneronline.com, and there's a lot there's a lot of goodies on there. I started a blog, you know, things that I don't write for with Backstage because I write for Backstage now. Things that I don't write for on Backstage. Um, I put on a blog, and also, if you want to be a, a guest on Dear Multi-Hyphenate, there's a form for you to fill out. You can go to michaelkushneronline.com, click on the Dear Multi-Hyphenate tab, scroll down, and sign up with me. And we'll talk about being on the show. That's very exciting, because I want you to share your stories as well. I'm also on TikTok, at the Michael Kushner. Please follow. I'm joining the TikTok group, and it's actually been kind of fun. I was really scared about it. And my next episode with Kaisha Hughley, we talk all about content creating, what that means to a multi-hyphenate. So please follow at the Michael Kushner on Instagram and TikTok and join the fun. I'm silly, but also very helpful, I think. <laughs> and as always, my Broadway memory, my other show with Broadway Podcast Network, my live talk show with my boyfriend Remy Germanario we're in our second season and we have incredible stars joining us the next episode which is on January 7th features Leslie Kritzer and Dana Steingold both from Beetlejuice so we're gonna have a lot 
of fun. It's going to be amazing. So we'll see you January 7th, bpn.fm forward slash my Broadway memory live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you miss the episodes, you can always find out where to watch it. If you follow Instagram, follow us on Instagram at my Broadway memory. So now to start the amazing episode, I'm going to start with a pro tip because I found that many people are um, getting a lot of use out of these tiny little pro tips I'm sharing. So here's here's one to start out the new year. We are experiencing a hangover. No matter your 2020 journey, it was the right one. So like you had too much champagne, when you start 2021, be kind to yourself. Say your resolutions out loud, drink some water, and start your day. Seriously, the You of 2020 survived a pandemic. Bring them into 2021. No new year, new you. You are a warrior. You did that. You, you're still standing. And if you got COVID like I did and are dealing with horrible long hauler symptoms, we're still dealing. We're still doing. We're still fighting. So keep fighting and be kind to yourself. I can't implore that any more than I already do. I'm really, really excited for this episode. Kimberly Faye Greenberg is not only a collaborator, but she is a friend. I teach with her, and I have seen her hold her own in this industry and really create no holds barred unapologetically. She's really incredible. I mean, she is the first and only actress to play leading roles in two off-Broadway musicals at the same time. Kimberly's numerous portrayals of Fanny Bryce have been critically acclaimed by the New York Times, HuffPo, and Associated Press. Her solo show, The Fabulous Fanny Bryce, has been traveling the country for the past eight years and is now streaming on Stellar, where it has been named one of the best to stream by Time Out New York, American Theatre Magazine, FilmedLiveMusicals.com, Times Square Chronicles, TDF, Gold Star, and more. She is not only an actor, but she is an educator, and a dresser on Broadway. She has incredible stories to share, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. But before we do that, I want to implore you to watch KFG, that's what I call her, KFG show, Fabulous Fanny Bryce, which streams at fabulousfannybryceshow.com. It really is amazing, so watch it. Go watch it right when this episode is over. She's amazing. And her course, How to Get an Agent, which is an online course, is currently half off during COVID. There is no code needed. And she's an incredible teacher. So take that course, How to Get an Agent. You need an agent? Well, you're going to get one. Take this class with Kimberly Faye Greenberg. She is amazing. And I know she's amazing because I teach with her. Multi-hype. It is a multi-hyphenate class. It is a week-long intensive, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we hands-on create your multi-hyphenate experience. That's what we do. It's personalized. We figure out what you want to be, who you want to be, what hyphens you want to explore. We come up with plans on how to professionally approach that. It is incredible. It's fun. It's funny. You learn so much about yourself and others, and you build an ensemble of artists in the middle of COVID. 
I mean, it is wild. I watch her teach and I learn every single time. I love teaching with her. She's incredible. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode and the amazing things she has to say. And as always, we start every episode with a quote. No law against waiting, I said. People do it all the time. For once, I didn't say too much. I didn't say too little. I said just what I said, and then I walked. That's the fabulous Fanny Bryce. How do you feel about that, Kimberly Fig Greenberg? I find that really interesting, actually. It's the first time I've heard that quote, Michael. So I think that's like, you've stumped me on that, considering I, I know so much about this famous lady. But I... um. I think that holds very true in life and in career and probably some of the things we're going to talk about today. That's oh certainly why I picked that quote. <laughs> so how are you today? I'm so glad that you're under multi-hyphenate. I am so thrilled to be here. This is so exciting for me. I mean, I realize we collaborate, but I have been listening to your podcast since before we collaborated. Uh, so this is like really exciting for me. Oh, I love that so much. I mean... You know, your your work I've admired for so long. And um, it's, I, I'm just fine, you know, after four sessions of teaching with each other, I'm so glad that we, uh, that we're doing this interview. You know, that's, and that's, and I met you through a previous year multi hybrid guest, Ashley Kate Adams. And because we sort of started to find, um, it was even before quarantine, we had, wa- we had wanted to teach the ways of the multi-hyphenate together. You know what I mean? And I had coffee with AKA and she brought you up and was like, I really want to do this with the two of you. And you, you guys had been talking about this and I was like, Oh my God, pick me, please. Obviously. I know it's so cool, especially because when I first heard your podcast, I, I always listen to podcasts and we'll talk about this. I'm sure in a second, as far as my hyphen is, but um, when I listen to podcasts, I'm usually working backstage on Broadway, like doing day work. And that's how I discovered your podcast. And I got so excited because, I mean, I had Ashley, I knew Ashley and a couple other people, but I hadn't heard anybody at all explain what we do in that manner. And I got so excited. (laughs) It was was thrilling. I was like living on cloud nine. Finally, people, my people. I I know. I love hearing that so much. It's so funny. It's like, as I'm trying to like venture into TikTok and like really, because, you know, like when Instagram happened, it was like, it it was like it was too late you know like people became influencers and then like so the people that hadn't hit a certain thing on instagram had to wait years and years before they can you know sort of gain influencership and um now that tiktok is out there i'm sort of like i want to jump on the bandwagon with that so it's not that hard in a year it's not that hard in another year you know what i mean yeah that's true if like you're in there early it's so much easier later on, but you're way better at the social than me. I mean, I think I'm still a Facebook person. I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I'm like still one of those Facebook people. Yeah. But honestly, it's sort of like, you know, we have the, the communities, you know, that sort of, that follow us for a very specific reason. And that's, you know, and that pays our bills and that's, and that's really cool. It's like, we don't need to become TikTok stars. We don't need to become Instagram stars because the people that do follow us wind up using us for our services anyway. So it's like, you know, if it gets 30 likes versus 2000 versus seven, it's like, well, if someone 
someone sees that post and and decides to photograph with me, then bam, that was worth it. That post paid for itself, you know? I absolutely agree. Like one fan is is enough if they're going to stick with you forever. So there it's, you go. It's so true. So tell me, you know, obviously we have the same idea about what a multi-hyphenate is, but what is a multi-hyphenate to you? A multi-hyphenate is someone who does many things in the arts and is able to use them to complement each other and build a life-sustaining career in the arts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And uh you know, the multi the lifestyle of the multi-hyphenate has been around for quite some time and we talk about this when we're teaching, but like when someone reaches a certain level like you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda or, or, you know, dear multi-hyphenate guest, Rachel Brosnahan, you know, it's like, they don't call them multi-hyphenates. It's sort of like, oh, well, yeah, Lin, he, he writes and directs and performs and that's cool. But when you're a younger artist, not on that level of Lin-Manuel Miranda, it's sort of like, well, when are you going to pick something? Exactly. Exactly. I know that I'm, I mean, I'm a multi-multi-hyphenate as both are. And I think, um, I guess I should tell more about what that, what that means in my world. But yeah, like, go for it. I'm a singer. I'm an actor. I'm also a actor business coach. I work backstage on Broadway as a wardrobe dresser swing with over 20 shows. I'm also a wardrobe supervisor when the, when the time is needed. Um, I also am the Fanny Bryce go-to gal. I've done four shows and have two albums and now my solo show, which is basically like a business of in and of itself. Uh, has been touring the country and is now streaming. So I have like, and I'm also the Broadway expert under my consulting business where I write articles and I do interviews and um, teach master classes and things like that too. So I guess I'm kind of broad based in my, in my hyphenating, but I mean, yeah. for me, it's like, it's totally like people always looked at me until very recently. Like I was this crazy person, like spinning my wheels all the time in every which way and direction. But for me, it was like, I was, I was able to sustain the things I was doing because I was like burning all the, the candles at all the ends. Um, But, you know, it's true when you look at these big stars, even like movie stars, like, you know, Reese Witherspoon, let's just say, for example, she's a multi-hyphenate too. And and to her, she's accoladed as she continues to grow. I'm sure in the beginning, people looked at her like she was crazy too. So I feel like we can give our permission to hold ourselves to do those sorts of things. It's so beneficial. And then we discover that we're all multi-hyphenates, that, you know, that... Uh, it you don't have to prove anything to yourself it's not like you ha- you have to say like you know i'm i'm a multi hyphen like you don't get a badge for it you know what i mean it's like it's just the it, it's the word alone the existence of the word alone sort of gives you the permission to exist in multiple proficiencies that's all it is you know what i mean because i think that so many people literally do- they don't they don't have the permission they haven't been given, they didn't give it to, you know, they themselves didn't give it to themselves and also others didn't give it to, to themselves. So they can't, they haven't unlocked the idea that it's like, oh, I can take a script and tell the story in another way other than performing or other way other than just producing or just directing. It's really quite um, fascinating. People think that this industry has rules and it doesn't at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I tell people that all the time uh, when Michael and I teach together. I'm always like, there are no rules. You got to make up 
got to just try things and see what happens. And sometimes people will have things that they prefer and preferences and you just take that into account. But otherwise you make your own rules. You kick the, you kick the box or you, you step around the box or you yeah. open the box or you, if you don't find a door, you open a window. I mean, you make your own rules and make your own way. So, uh, you know, that being said, what, in what, in your career was a was a, is an example of making your own way of not playing by the rules oh my gosh there are so many um i think the first thing i did which was very out of the box was working backstage on broadway and still very much saying that i was a, a full-time actor right that was the big thing like i yeah. i literally um was was approached by someone who i was dressed with when I was younger, who was working on Broadway and I was in line for an audition. And um, I we chatted and he referred me to a supervisor, but I thankfully for that supervisor, when she hired me, I said, well, I'm an actor. So just know that I won't be available all the time. And I made it very clear. And while at the time she may have thought it was is funny, but she didn't know me at all. So how can you blame her? Um, but I committed to that and, and, and they respected that. And it was so nice to be able to find people who, who were like cheerleaders when I was working backstage and then I could transition on stage, but it wasn't something that anybody else did at the right. time, like when I was doing it. So that was the first big thing. And then I guess transitioning career wise, I was like doing two shows at once off Broadway, I, like the only person to do that and dressing at the same time. So I would literally at St. Louis theater off Broadway on 46th street, I would do a show called one night with Fanny Bryce, which was a solo show. And then I would run down the street to the Imperial and dress backstage at Billy Elliot, Billy Elliot on Broadway. I would still be in my lashes and my pin curls. And literally I would run in like the, the middle of the first act right before the ballet girls have this big quick change. And then I would leave the theater at the end of the show and I would, would run back to St. Luke's on 46th Street and like do Danny and Sylvia, the Danny Kane musical at night. So it was like constant. Um, and that went on for like a good year. So I guess there's like, you know, changing the rules and not really like saying that if I'm doing this one thing, I can't go do the other. And, and I don't think anybody else has quite done it that way. Um, and then it just led to more things like playing Fanny Bryce and, and being able to then create my own show and be, and, and basically be like, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to create a show and I'm going to take it around the country, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And then even looking at it today, I mean, I teach people how to do this. And I, at the time when I started teaching, teaching the business of what we do working on Broadway wasn't really a thing when I started doing this five or six, seven years ago. Um, and now with my Fanny Bryce show, Fabulous Fanny Bryce, which is like now streaming, I think I'm very one of the very few, very, very few, I think there's like three of us of actual like Broadway theater people that now have shows, solo shows streaming online. So that's like a whole new world yeah. of things. So I guess I just keep trying to to kick kick the box somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during COVID when you're like, you know, I gotta figure out how to swim during COVID. Like how we I like I can't go to work, you know, Broadway's shut down. How do we continue to function? Well I watched I watched the fab fabulous Fanny Bryce and it's unbelievable. I mean, the work that you do is so amazing. And it's, I, I feel like I'm watching 
Fanny herself. It's ab- it, it's it's an incredible show. I had, I was texting you in the middle of it, and you're like, "Stop texting!" I'm texting because I it was so. I know. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I should be watching the show and not like singing your like." I wouldn't run up to the stage in the middle of of the show if this was real. If this was in person theater, I wouldn't say, "Hey, you're doing great, kid," <laughs> and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to my seat. It's, you know, it's actual theater and got to treat it like that, even though it's in front of the camera and um, even though it's on the screen, but it was really amazing work. And something that I've really admired about you is your, is you are pushing those sales online. So what has it been like? Because now you're your own marketing team during COVID, right? It's like, what has it been like for you to sell a show virtually? during a pandemic um it's been i won't lie it's been very tough um i think because you know when i first started doing it in july is when more shows started coming out um and since that point in time the market's very saturated so it's very hard just like with anything else in ordinary day life you know what i mean like auditioning for a show or or advertising any other sort of product uh, it's tough. Uh, it's hard to yeah. to get people to notice or to spend the money to to watch those things. Um, I think I've done okay for myself. I think for the most part, it's so interesting. For the most part, it's strangers that stream and find my show and stream, and they and they wow. do come back, which is really exciting. And I've started to make some group sales. So that's also really exciting. Uh, if people want to check it out, it's on stellartickets.com. But um, what's interesting is because there is a lot of Broadway content, it's been really hard to figure out how to like kind of kind of get through, cut through the noise. Um, but again, I know my show fills a very special niche on who who likes Fanny Bryce, who likes more classical musical theater, um, who likes a solo show, even though it's a book show. So I guess it just really depends. I And in the marketing realm, I have taken upon myself to like really delve deep into researching, like who else can I mail, email this info to? So I use my business coaching and I translate that into my own work, um, which has kind of always been reciprocal like that. And like, I'll literally like, okay, let's find all the JCCs in America. We're going to send them all an email. Okay, great. That's done. Okay. Now we're going to find all the temples in America. Send them all an email, And then that's done. Um, so that's kind of how I've been, uh, like traversing the marketing end because I'm a, I mean, I'm a one man band and I'm not made of money and it, you know what I mean? So it's, um, I, it's not like I can put out a huge email blast on like Broadway world or right. something. I just don't have that capability at this point. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And then you do what you can. You call 1-800-BETH-SHALOM and see who picks exactly, up. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? It's you just you make you do what you can. And, you know, in, in our Jewish culture, it's it's word talk, you know, word travels. And if someone likes it, you know, it's like if someone likes it, then th- their friends are going to hear about it at brunch. The exactly. Next day and and then... that has been what has been happening, which is really exciting. It's nice to know that, like, um, it's just people are kind of finding me randomly or hearing about it through a friend. So that tells me something that like, okay, continue to go, continue to move forward. Because with me, it's more about like being able to continue to inspire others yeah. 
Um, as far as performers, it's still about me inspiring them to continue to figure mm -hmm. out how to do their art. And in order for me to do that, I have to continue my art in some way. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, our industry has to continue somehow. And I want to be part of that. Yeah. Now, you said something really interesting about, um, you know, just regarding advertising, but I think it really uh, is a symbol for what we're doing as multi-hyphenates now, and that is cutting through the noise. You know, we have to sort of cut through the noise in our own selves, right? Like, we have to um, be able to, you know, if we have four hyphens, that this is what I always say, this is why it's hard being multi-hyphenate, because you're not just selling one aspect of yourself, you have to be willing to sell four different aspects of yourself at once. So if I'm an actor, producer, photographer, and writer, that means I got to be professional and up to date in my skills and ready to sell those proficiencies at the drop of a hat. And cut my own noise down. And what I like to say, cut the fat, you know, it's like, really figure out where I'm putting those energies and figure out how to, uh, how to sell those, you know, online and uh, really be able to make a living off of those proficiencies, like cutting the noise. How, how do you think that translates into a, um, into a broader view for a multi-hyphenate or for yourself? Interestingly enough, I think that's the biggest challenge that I always face because I'm constantly, and I think we all as those who are listening, and I know at least with the two of us as hyphenates, we're, we're constantly thinking of new ideas and new things to do within what it is that we already do that could create either more momentum or income or even new projects that we could be passionate about. There's all of these things. So our minds are constantly racing because we're all multi we're all multitasking in addition to the hyphens. So I know with me, I'm always looking at projects that and doing the things on my to do list that like really create more momentum. So I, I always try to focus on those things first. And then because usually the other things sort of end up getting done in the wash, like or or I can I I know we both do have like a little an assistant or an intern that can help us mm -hmm. do the things that take a long time. I think it took me a long time to give myself permission to actually ask for help where those kinds of things are concerned. Um, we're always so fearful, especially because we're balancing a lot of plates that if we give away some of our power, something's not going to be done or a plate's going to be totally dropped and we're not going to be able to pick it back up again. Um, and it's your mother's nice exactly, china. Exactly, so exactly. I mean, our whole <laughs> life is writing on our hyphenates. I mean, this is what we live for. It's like our passion. And, and in addition to everything else, you know what I mean? And it's also sort of, sort of hard because I don't want to say we have to prove things to people, but I think that there are people waiting to go, the multi-hyphenate lifestyle doesn't work. You have to pick one thing. And the moment that you fail at it, the moment that you drop something, people go, see, your hands are in too many things. And it's not about our hands being in too many things. It's not even about multitasking. That's not what it is about. Because I actually have a theory that you can't multitask. I learned this from a professor of mine at Ithaca because uh, Dr. Norm Johnson once said this to me, you can't, uh, multitasking is like not really a thing because you can't put equal focus on one thing at once. And that's not what multi-hyphenating is. Multi-hyphenating is not multitasking. It is not, I'm an act. It's not, it's not that. That's yeah, what I'm so trying I to totally say. I totally agree. I totally agree. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is I 
devote an hour a day to one of, well, not an hour a day, maybe two or three to each proficiency. You know what I'm saying? Like figuring out my chunk of the day where I'm a photographer. And that is when I have a client, you know, and that's at 12 o'clock and then it ends at three when my shoot ends. And then I put on my producer hat and then I answer those emails and schedule my next project and figure out, you know, that's what multi-hyphenating yeah, is. It's not multitasking. And I, and I had to learn to do a lot of those things too, because when I, maybe five or six years ago, it definitely was me like moving back and forth multitasking, which obviously does not work. So now I do a lot of like time tracking and I do a lot of like writing things down, like, and, and saying, yes, I set like a timer and say, okay, this sounds so anal retentive, but like, I literally set a timer and be like, for 50 minutes, you're going to work on this thing. And it's for this project. And then when the time is up and then I move on to something else and that works out pretty good as well. Um, yeah. I mean, and I also go through seasons with my hyphens as well. Like, maybe one week will be all about Fanny because I know I have three streaming shows coming up. And then the next week, of course, when you're focusing on one thing, then of course that's when you get all the emails for let's say all the auditions pop in. And then the next week usually ends up being, oh, I'm self-taping all these auditions. And then the clients are like, can we set up sessions? And then it kind of goes like that as well. Uh, so I tend to see, find that there's also seasons. But uh, you know, I once had a friend that decided to tell me that I wasn't an actor. And I was like, well, I'm in the union. Okay. I've been an actor since I'm, since I was a child, since I was doing child acting, I went to school for musical theater just because I haven't booked a show in a bit, whether or not that's because I didn't book the show that I was in final callbacks for, or I haven't gone to a specific audition or not does not mean that I'm an actor. It's just something that I'm not exploring at this specific time because I don't see anything that I relate to. I don't see a story that I want to tell. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who said to be an actor that you have to, there's no time card. You don't punch a time clock for it. You know what I mean? Especially like when I'm writing my stuff and I produced my own one man, wrote and produced my own one man show you know, uh, recently. So it's like, who's to say that I'm not working on that. And that's the story that I want to tell. And that's the medium that I want to be an actor in this moment. It, it's you, everyone else is very, very quick to judge the multi-hyphenate lifestyle. But like you just said, there are seasons where we're balancing all four proficiencies at once, or maybe just two, or maybe even just one. We're, just because we're multi-hyphenates doesn't mean we're perfect. Absolutely. And you know, the thing I do is when you're hyphenating um, and looking like you talk about the why statement, things like that, and identity and what, what kind of the goals are. And I find that with hyphenating, you also have to look at the things that are put on your plate or the things that are available mm -hmm. to you and say no a lot of the time because they're not going to function well for your life or for your goals or you're going to, you can't necessarily go do the show that pays you a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like um, you just, there's a time money ratio there as well. So I think even it's really important even as a hyphenate to know how to say no. And that's why I feel like we can't feel bad when someone tells us, well then, you know, 
just because you're not doing that one thing now doesn't mean, you know, you're not doing acting now, then you're not an actor. Then we, you and I both know that that is so not true. And I've had plenty of people tell me that too. Or, you know what I mean? When I'm dressing, if I say I'm an actor and somebody doesn't know me then, and they have no, per, you know, scope of where I come from, then to them, it's like the same same idea of like, oh, well, she's not an actor. She's here backstage dressing a Broadway show. You know what I mean? Like, so it just really depends. But It's more on their own vision of what they see an artist's identity. It's like, because maybe if they were put in your shoes and they were dressing someone backstage, they wouldn't see themselves as an actor. Therefore they don't see you as an actor. And you know what I mean? And it's like, that's not how it is at all. We just happen to have interests. Like, you know, I love photography just as much as I love performance. And as our multi-hyphenating selves, what we do is we don't separate them. We combine them. You know what I mean? We combine those experiences. We combine those you know, my income with my photography is then I'm able to feed projects and I can be in where where I'm passionate about to produce. So it's, it's very, it's very interesting. It's, you know, multi-hyphenates we wear, we have to wear armor. We have to, because we're not only constantly having identity conversations with ourselves, but then we have to constantly sort of go, like like deliver it and wrap it up in a pretty bow for other absolutely people. and i mean we already in what we all do there it's all there's already so much pressure to like succeed that it's it's very hard to remember that we don't need to necessarily always wrap everything in a little bow exactly so talk to me about fanny because it's such a huge part of you and it's you know like what i keep saying is uh, the performance is amazing the story is amazing how so how did it get from point a to point b to point well first c? of all thank you for <laughs> for sharing letting me share about me and being so complimentary i really appreciate that um so good. fanny oh wow such a story okay i i always have a fun story that i share about how i sort of came to play her so my middle name is Faye. I'm named after my great-grandmother, whose name was Fanny. I mean, it's a pretty typical Jewish name, um, but I yeah. find it funny how that's so telling that I would be ending up playing Fanny later on. Now, I grew up acting, and in high school at some point, I had a teacher literally said this to me because I was like so enamored with being a musical theater performer. She said, well, you're Jewish. You look like this woman. You know, you should think about maybe looking at Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl. And I didn't, you know, I didn't really know a lot about it at the time. But my mother grew up, when I grew up, my mother always listened to all the Barbara albums. They were all over the house. Little did I realize or know that I'd at that point in time, I was also being introduced to Fanny Rice's tunes because Barbara's catalog is full of them. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I end up moving to New York and, and working and I'm doing a show at a dinner theater. I'm doing Fiddler on the Roof. Go figure. Nice Jewish girl doing Fiddler. <laughs> and at that point in time, the company had asked if I would be interested in learning Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl. What? The, the big part has come. Um, and it would be for a production in a year. So they were like, it's a big part, take a year, learn the role, you know, let's see what happens. So 
when somebody tells me to do something, I totally like dive in. No, you know, I, all, all my eggs go into one basket. I have since learned to not do that, but probably because of this specific story, um, I did study the music and the script for a year. I drove my teachers crazy. That is all I did in class every week or at every voice lesson. That's the only thing I did. Mm-hmm. Guess who didn't book that job? Me. Oh, <laughs> Go figure that I did not book the what? job. Why? Um, I think it probably ha- well it had to do with several things. I'm sure. Number one, I had become equity during that year, and it sure. was a non-equity company that would have had to have a guest artist contract, and I don't think they wanted to do that. Number one. Number two, I think the reason why I played Fanny in four shows now and have two albums, but Funny Girl has always eluded me. And I've come to the point where I I think it's eluded me because when I sing, I sound like Fanny Bryce. I don't sound <laughs> like Barbara Streisand. And I'm sorry, there is a there is a thing to that. You know what I mean? Like if you're casting Fanny and Funny Girl, you kind a lot of the times you want either a name or usually the theater already has someone or they want somebody who very much kind of sounds like Barbara because that's what people right. expect. So Funny Girl has still eluded me. However, the studying of that part for an entire year did not let me down because I used everything I learned. And from that, I had a lot of chutzpah and it took me several tries, but I ended up getting cast as Sylvia Fine in another musical called The Kid from Brooklyn, which is a, a musical about Danny Kaye. And from that, I went on to play Danny and Sylvia, another musical about Danny Kaye, which was the two-person show that ended up opening off-Broadway. And lo and behold, somebody saw me in that show and literally wow. said to me, I have this one-person Fanny Bryce show that I've just written. Would you be willing to workshop it? And potentially, you know, we would open this show. So. I did workshop it. I ended up making a demo album that was released. And then um, a year later, through many other twists and turns, which I won't get into here, (laughs) the drama of the theater through many twists and turns, I did end up opening the show off-Broadway at St. Luke's. And then the reviews were great. I got a great review by the New York Times and the Associated Press and several other outlets. So people were seeing the show and uh, an artistic team saw me in that show and they were doing a Broadway bound musical called Ghost Light, which also had Fanny Bryce in it because it was the Olive Thomas story. And it was, and it was oh, at the New yes, Amsterdam. Yes. And it was um, going to be at Nymph that year. So I ended up playing Fanny in that show Um which I think had been offered out to a few people. And then, and then they found me and then, cause it was names at the time. It was like me and Rachel York and Daisy Egan and ended up being with Tara Lee and like, but anyway, I ended up sticking with the show. So we did many Broadway backers auditions and it's still a work in progress at this point. Um, and then also another company had seen me play that part in the off-Broadway show and I ended up getting hired to play Fanny in Speakeasy Dollhouse Sigfeld Midnight Frolic at Broadway's Liberty Theater um so and she actually I didn't get to play it initially because it was a non-union it ended up being able to have equity at the end and she had actually told me that 
she had seen me in the show and, and seen all this stuff that I had done on Fanny and actually like wrote the character based on my portrayal. Wow, it's amazing. And getting to play. And then I had more um, people see me and actual venues reach out to me and ask if I had my own show because they wanted more. And so I was like, well, I don't have my own show, but I guess it's something I could do. I've figured out everything else. Why not figure this out too? So I ended up figuring it out and creating two different shows, an hour show and a two hour show. And then venues kept asking for it. And then I ended up taking it on the road and about over eight, nine years, you know, it went through a process where it changed. And then finally it was set in stone about four or five years later as I was traveling. And by that time it had grown from no set, no nothing to a full set, um, a big, a big show. And now it's streaming. So that's kind of how it came to be, which is very, it's kind of crazy because along the way that actually that that's what started my consulting business because people wanted to mm-hmm. know how I was doing that. And in the New York market, Fanny Bryce became my signature and Don't Rain on My Parade was the was the song that got me all my Broadway callbacks. And yeah. the people in the New York market know me for playing Fanny, and that's how I've gotten work in TV and film and 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 all kinds of other things. So it's kind of crazy how the one role that eluded me has actually brought me so much other opportunity here. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's kind of ama- it's kind of great, you know, if I was a younger actor like listening to inspiration, it would you know, what's pretty amazing hearing that is how one no can o- open up a door of a whole door of yes. Yes, and I'm a yes girl. Like I've always been yeah. a yes girl. I'm not as much of right. a yes girl now that I'm a little older and, and- and kind of right. set in the things that I know I want want and, and need to survive. Um, but I've always been a yes girl. And I will say uh, saying yes and doing that off-Broadway show was the hardest, hardest experience right. I've ever had in my entire, entire life. I don't think I'll experience anything like that again. Um, right. But yeah, like saying yes really, truly opened a huge door. I would have, I would have never never anticipated any of these things none of this was the plan i wanted to move to new york and and be in a broadway show and then you know life was going to be great and this is how this is how it all has kind of come full circle and you know there's still many broadway shows that you can be in but uh yes but But that was, you know but that's your story up until now and it's pretty amazing so we teach we teach together what is your favorite thing to uh, that I do? No, I'm just kidding. What is your um? What we teach a really great workshop together with Ashley Kate Adams called Multi Hype, and we uh, wrapped our um, fourth, session. fourth session recently, and we're gonna go into our fifth. And um, we, you know, listeners, please join That's us. In and February, so it won't be soon after you're listening to this particular podcast. So. I know it's, it's February. And so, you know, please join us and we teach you how to step into the territory of being a multi-hyphenate, how to get your mind wrapped around that. And it's so funny because it's like, this is something that I thought, this is something that I had been aware of my whole life and people are, are, people haven't thought about these opportunities at all. And so it's really magical to experience that with you, how people really start, their eyes start to open. They go, oh my God, I really can do it all. And there is actually a tactical way of doing it. There's actually a way to, to shift your mindset and your, you know, and your frame of mind and, and actually 
become a multi-hyphenate and you could start at any age. We have people that are recent college grads all the way up to middle-aged people. So it's pretty, it's unbelievable. It's kind of cool. I think um, the first, the main thing of that class is the, the fact that we can give this permission. Because many yeah. people in the class who find us are already hy- multi-hyphenates. But I yeah. think they find that it's hard to embrace it. Because they're surrounded mm-hmm. by people who think they're crazy for doing what they're doing. And as soon as they right. find us, it's almost like a breath of fresh air and a relief. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's it's so incredible to see how many people associate multi-hyphenating with failure. Yes. I Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that saying of like, well, and this is not true either. Because if you can't act, teach, or if you can't do that, which is so not true. Right. Some of my, you know what I mean? Like there are so many wonderful actors out there who are teachers and they're still working. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it. It is that we come from such a society that really looks down on like you just need to choose one thing, right? But right, it's better for doing many things. For many things, but as long as you are, as long as you create those boundaries for yourself and are able to experience a lifestyle that works right. for you, you, have, you know what I mean. And it's very and, unique to each individual. And understanding like what to you is a what to you are the hyphens that you are going to sell and share with the world. You can't just be like, Oh Matt, I'm an actor, director, stage manager, producer, photographer, dresser, all these things and not have any professional experience in that. Right. It's like, exactly. You have to, you have to open up and explore them and figure out ways where you can practice them and, and ultimately experience them on a macro level. But You'll know when you become a that thing, when you're getting hired to do those things, when people are asking you for your input, when other people see you as, you know what I mean? When people introduce me, it's like actor, photographer, producer, writer. And when I first heard, you know, the hyphen of producer, I was like, oh my God, I, I guess people think of me as a pro- producer. That's awesome. That's cool. And I was able to sort of start to tie that into my identity. It's a, it's an exciting ride, but you have to be responsible and not advertise yourself as something as, as you're not, and then not be able to right, exactly. And I will say it's not easy. I mean, we did not choose no. the easy route. This is a very, no, a very hard, difficult, constantly challenging life. And also being very much a risk taker because you, you've got to, there's a lot of things that you just have to make your own way at. You figure out your own. Right. But it's, and it's so, it's so worth it. It's so, it's so worth it to be able to experience that artistic freedom and make decisions for myself, including not walking into an audition room because I think I have yes, to take exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which has been pretty amazing. Yeah. So um, unfortunately we have to wrap my love, but. It was so incredible to talk to you. Where can we find you on social media? Okay, so on Instagram, you can find me at KF Greenberg, or you can find me at the Broadway Expert, or you can find me at fabulous underscore Fanny underscore Bryce. Uh, and you can look me up, Google me, Kimberly Faye Greenberg. My Fanny Bryce show that we've been talking about is fabulousfannybryceshow.com, and that will have all the 
streaming show information so that you can get a ticket and join us or you can look on the broadwayexpert.com if you want to work with me and of course michael and i and ashley kate adams will be teaching multi-hype in february so please join us we would love to help inspire you and have more questions yes. like this yes head to multihypeworkshop.com and sign up with us please do it take class with us in february it's going to be you really exciting <laughs> You're the best, KFG. Oh, you're the you best. Um, and uh, I look forward to teaching with you again in February and making more magic with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. Please, please, please subscribe and comment and like and do all those things. Write a review on apple podcasts and follow my instagram at dear multi hyphenate and follow me on tiktok at the michael kushner and on instagram at the michael kushner you know all that good stuff and thank you to broadway podcast network thank you to alan and dory and Britt and katie and stan who's my engineer for this episode and write me with any questions comments or concerns i'd love to hear from you you're all amazing goodbye <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.